Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil. Today we have Keith Anthony Blanchard back with us. He has been on the show before where he has talked about his new book, Homecoming, Crossing the Bridge to the Soul. In our last visit with Keith, we talked about um, his spiritual journey, which he documented in Homecoming. Today we're going to talk about his communication and connection and experiences with extraterrestrials. ETs, I'm going to call them from here on in, because uh, that is a mouthful, extraterrestrials. And um, so welcome back to the show, Keith. I'm so glad you're here, and I really appreciate you coming back to talk about this subject. So when did you first um, have communication with ETs? What, what happened? Hello, Barb, and thank you for having me back. I enjoy my time with you. Um, at the age of about eight to nine years old, I would often, randomly, but often wake up in a pitch black backyard. I'm eight, nine years old. I was raised Catholic, big dogs, demons, boogeymen, ghosts. (laughs) I want no part of being in a pitch black backyard at two, three in the morning. (laughs) But I'd find myself there. And when I'd come to a state of consciousness, I would begin, I, I just felt intuitively to look up. I don't know why, just looked up, have no recollection of the events what took place, Um, and this went on for a year and a half, two years, give or take, to where I would find myself outside coming to a state of consciousness and looking up. There was never a feeling of, oh, my God. There was never a feeling of worry, never never a feeling of violation, none of that. It was just, it almost felt natural to some degree, but... It was sort of like a lingering bliss from someplace I would just return from. But I never really thought about me ever going anywhere. I just, that age, I just didn't know why I was in the backyard. I had no preconceived notions of what it could be. No memory of getting there? No. no. And had, had you ever I, slept, walked, sleepwalked? Slept you know, walked. then again, I don't uh, throw that out as a possibility that I was acting out some sort of experience in my dream level. Mm-hmm. But when I would find myself in the backyard the very first night, um, I'm a short stature of a guy. Um, well, when I was that young, I was just a runt. So I had to look around the yard to find something because the doors were locked. My parents would lock their doors and go to sleep. I didn't want to knock on the door to have them let me in. Keith, what are you doing outside, boy? I just didn't think to do that. But I always left my window to my bedroom unlocked. However, my house was somewhat raised and I wasn't tall enough. So I had to look around the yard and I found a cinder block that allowed me to be tall enough to stand on it to lunch myself through the bedroom window to go back to sleep. And after a period of time, this stopped. And I never knew why there was never anything wrong. Come the age of 33 in the year, I believe it was 1993. Mm -hmm. watching a program on the Discovery Channel about extraterrestrials. And it all came flooding back. Uh, Who with, why, some of the where's, uh, the W's, if you will. Um, Who with, there were certain groups 
at first and to m- most recently, I never really thought of wanting to know what race they were. You know, before we leave that part, though, I want to ask you. So at nine, these experiences started to happen and then they just stopped. They stopped. Well, whether they stopped or not, I don't know. I just know I no longer your memory stopped. I no longer would find myself in the backyard. Right, right. And I never was really interested or thought had a desire to ask what race they were, but I knew the ones from the earlier time in my life were there to tune up and manipulate my energetic system to to give me upgrades, if you will, for lack of a better word to prepare me for the time that I was moving into when that total recall came back, which was the age of 33. And I believe it was 1930, 93, 33. I ain't that old. 1993. (laughs) uh, When I watched this program and all the memory, all the memories I say came back, but it wasn't really like this chronological log. Oh, I remember that night we did this. And I remember this one time we did that. It was never none of that. It was like this integrated knowing of what took place. Faces are there, but very faint. Mm -hmm. Come the age of 33 is when, hence the reason I had the uh, total recall, which would be um, an alignment, a landmark to say, hey, Keith, this is what happened to prepare for opening your mind because there's no way you can deny what took place because of the glimpse you were recently shown when you watched that Discovery Channel program. Mm -hmm. There was a knowing this, oh, my God. And this was to prepare me to have these beings that we talked about in our last interview, these Mm -hmm. avatars, these divine descents from India come into my life. So they basically opened me up to ready me to become the teacher that I am today, doing the work that I do, hanging out sometimes with these divine beings on earth, um, but also just to be um, a lover of humanity and empower people with what I do. Mm -hmm. So when these memories came back, when you're watching the show and all of a sudden you realize um, it was all very vague kind of memory of did this happen? I think this happened. But It's sort of like if you can imagine last night you and hang out with some of your friends mm-hmm. to a par- at a party. <clears throat> and when you're in the party, it's yeah. very, very, you're there. You're at the party. Uh-huh. Everybody's there. They, they're reaching distance. But a week later, you reflect on that party. Yeah. You know you went to the party. You absolutely know without a doubt. You <laughs> yeah, have yeah. the in- integrated feeling-based memory, cognitive evidence that you did. But it's somewhat fleeting sort mm-hmm. of ideas how it felt to me when it came back. And what did you do with it when, it, when you <laughs> realized? What did you do with that I memory? called a friend of mine by the name of Jenny. And I said, I need to talk to you right now. She was, my God, Keith, it's whatever time at night. I said, yeah. I'm coming to your house. I'll see you in 20 minutes. <laughs> Did she have expertise other than she's a good friend to call? Just a good friend. Uh, yeah. Was a previous girlfriend. Uh, mm-hmm. And we let things go for, um, that's just what needed to happen. But we, yeah. we still remain wonderful friends. And so we had that sort of, I'm coming to your house. I don't care what you say. Intimacy right, right. about us to where she said, oh, God damn, Keith, come on. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and right. I proceeded to tell her what happened. And she sat there and intensely listened. Uh, I can tell she was somewhat wild, but she knew I was into some of the, so to speak, wild stuff. She mm-hmm. accepted me for it. And I think some aspect of her believed it herself or was at least uh, curious about such things. Mm-hmm. 
So you ended up at her house in the middle of the night, thinking, <laughs> testing out that friendship. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And how it would fly on anyone else because yeah. she was so intimate to me. And if she got moved, uh, mm-hmm. then people who didn't know me so well, uh, you know, this kind of a tell. So when you started to, to relive, what you remembered, uh, it sounds kind of vague. Your memory was kind of vague. When you started to relive it, um, what came back? I mean, do you remember being in a spacecraft? Do you remember? Not not at the time between eight and nine when it started to the age of 10 or 11 for the, the two give or take years that it took place. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's, hard, it's very difficult to explain because it's like, it's beyond a language. It's just a memory, a very strong memory. It's like, again, you reflecting on the party you went to last week. You know you were there. Right. It's there, but trying to remember every little thing that your friends said and all the f- different faces of the people who are at the party. Some of them flee from you because you don't really know them so well. They're just in the background, part of the prop of mm-hmm. the party. But as I started moving into experiencing these deities, angelic beings, uh God beings on earth, these avatars that I, I mentioned so often. Um, I lost my train of thought. No. But when I move into these higher level experiences, it's like it opened up the door yet again for the extraterrestrials to come back. And so, as I said before, I never was really, really had the desire to name what race. But over the last few years, I still have experiences with beings aboard their craft, which ironically is larger on the inside than it is on the outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's another dimension entirely. Yeah. But in the last few years, I've been visited by people who have actually um, shared with me the name of who they are. When I was younger, I would often have a young uh, Pleiadian girl come to me by the name of Beck. And she made it very clear to me, you pronunciate, you pronunciate my name by knowing how it's spelled. My name is Beck, not B-E-C-K. My name is Beck, B-E-Q. So it creates a different slant. And their language is not only about what they hear, it's about inflection and all that. There's so much information in inflection and all that. But she was from the Pleiades. Um, you want to explain next, the Pleiades? Um, excuse me? You want to explain the Pleiades? I might have listeners that don't know. The Pleiades is a star system um, which comprised of, I believe, seven stars, the seven sisters. Um, they're a very loving race. They're like, we could call that our future. Ascending to another level. Hopefully. Getting to manipulate <laughs> energy and being fluent with energy. Our mm-hmm. level of seeing capacity begins to see energy as watery. It's fluent. It's very moving versus things being so static and concrete and locked down. Mm-hmm. The next ex- uh, experience I had with beings announcing themselves, which I did not know this civilization existed. It was called the Clarions. So I wake up in the morning, I look up on the internet, and there are the Clarions. But in my experience aboard this huge craft, I'm assuming it was a craft. We always assume that when we're with others, extraterrestrials, that we aboard a ship. Maybe we're <laughs> sitting in their living room on their star system planet. What it is they're doing? We just automatically assume it's aboard a ship. But I can tell you aboard some of the flying, the conveyances I've been on, they do have living room type places for the occupants to dwell. 
hmm. um, was the Clarions. And the commander of this Clarion nation, at least aboard this ship living room, was a little girl. And she appeared to me about the age of seven years old. She came to me. She was the commander of the Clarions. This little bitty girl, which appeared to be about seven years old. Recently, um, in fact, a couple of weeks ago, um, I'm in a super conscious experience. These all happen, mind you, um, when I'm in sleepscape. These are not dreams. Dream is like that party. I watched the movie and I'm trying to remember mm-hmm. the movie I watched last night. That's a dream. This is being so hyper present, even when you come back, like the reawakening I had watching that program. There's such a an integration. In other words, you don't ever really leave that you were there. Uh, you, you never leave there. You just become here. There's a part of you that's still connected there. Mm-hmm. When I'm in this sleep experience I had, and, and for me, when I fall asleep, I'm no longer lured into the temptations of the outer plane that the mind and the body crave, eating food, doing a something, doing a task, being involved in the world. That all leaves me. And then the door basically opens and spirit says, all right, Keith, you can go out and play. Yeah, let's fly now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I'm out in this wherever, and I'm looking in the sky uh, above. Um, I always look up, and I look up, and I see this dolphin yin-yang begin to spin as it begins to descend to the ground. What did you call uh, it? A dolphin? A dolphin, you know, just a normal yin-yang. Okay. There's, there's Black and white yin-yang, but it was two dolphins yeah. turned uh, okay. opposite of each other. And this thing was spinning. And I, I knew of the Andromedans by just doing the work I do and being into uh, the cosmos and aliens when and uh, like aliens, me, extraterrestrials though? and all that. I'm sorry. When you explain them to me, Andromedans. Well, yeah, this goes into what happened the other night. So I'm watching this dolphin yin-yang come down and I'm telling everyone around me, look, everyone. And they said, at what? And I said, they are sitting in the trees and we're in a boat. We're in, a, in South Louisiana, my hometown kind of setting, but we're in a boat. There's probably six or seven of us. This in is this a boat. dream setting, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. In this boat. And I said, look, and they said, at what? I said, they're in the trees. And as soon as everyone saw what I described, that they were in the trees, we were aboard. This was a craft, mm-hmm. plasma type craft, I'm assuming, because it was very, very light. And I don't mean necessarily in weight. It mm-hmm. was a light phenomena. And the first person that came to me was the commander himself. And he said, hi. <laughs> and this is this kid, the seven-year-old kid or no? No, this is, this is the Andromedans, the one that I spoke oh, okay. uh, The seven-year-old girl was from the Clarions. Okay. And the first Andromedan to approach me was Commander Quiet, something, something, something. And I couldn't understand it. And I said, what was the second part of your name? And he said it again. And I said, I'm sorry. He said, don't worry about it. Just come on, call me Commander Quiet. <laughs> and I said, can we do this often? He says, you can call me anytime you want, but you have to be quiet. <laughs> and so I began to experience this time aboard this craft with these beings of none, none like any other beings I've seen that I would call extraterrestrial. Um, they were full of knowledge, full of power. 
And he be- proceeds to ask me about my spiritual name, Yanava. He goes, what is this Yanava thing you got going? <laughs> <laughs> and at that moment, he begins to wave his arms through my being, through my body. He wasn't violating me. He wasn't mm-hmm. uh, cringing upon my free will. It was something I have, would have wanted to have happened. It felt uncomfortable, but it was. So this is as if you were not dense. You were, he could move his body right through your body. I had enough light body about me to where he can, because if I was dense and physical, that Mm -hmm. simple uncomfortableness would have been excruciating. So because of the light body that I was in and because of his light body, who he is in the light ship, um, Everything was very plasmatic, if that's a word, like, and he begins to move his arms through my body. It was uncomfortable, but it was purposeful to have happen as to why. And I, again, I feel he was giving me a tune up. Now, tune up being in the physical, in a physical way to make me stronger, uh, mental way to give me the more uh, greater capacity to be in my in, in intelligence and emotional base, I'm sure. And there was a lot of all of it because I did feel it on every level. So I'm sure this was, <laughs> I had to go get a complete tune up from this spiritual mechanic. <laughs> but so this was the other night. Do you think you were increasing in vibration or uh, frequency? That they were kind of bringing you up to the next level or something? I think it was like striking a tuning fork, getting me to vibrate a little better. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. But these have happened through... Um, the last many years, since 93, extraterrestrials re-entered consciously into my field of um, consciousness. And Did you call th- them in? I do not. Okay. Not a single one. Yeah. The, only person, I, the only one I've ever called in was Commander Quiet. <laughs> yeah. After this happened a few weeks ago, I called him in, I think, the very next night or the night after that. And I was in a space. I didn't get to see him, but I can tell it was a revisit. How do you know this, Keith? Is your mind making this up? doesn't matter if my mind is making this up. I'm having a fantastic time experiencing whatever this thing is. Yeah. Um, so so since, since you became aware from watching that show, then they kind of showed back up? Uh, I don't know necessarily if it's the same they, okay. but many of them have begun to show up. And this happens to me, you know, two, three times a month. I'd say that'd be a good normal, uh, two, three times a month, twice a month. How many are there? Uh, so it's you insane. go into the craft, and we're calling it a craft for lack of any idea of what else to call it. But um, you, so you go into the craft. How many are there? I was going almost called them people. I don't know what to call them. Yeah, they're definitely how many people. Were there? Yeah, I get it. Um, it's infinite. The levels of civilizations, it's infinite. There is no end. Um, no, on the craft, though, I mean. Yeah, yes. And on the craft, a lot of the experiences I had, still have, when I told you I was never really interested or had a desire to know their names. I'm just digging the fact that I'm hanging out with others aboard a craft or on their planet, a bar, if they hang out in nightclubs, whatever this setting is that I'm fortunate to hang out with these these beings, 
mm-hmm. often I don't, they don't give names. It's like, you know, sometimes again, because I'm a musician, I always use the bar as a reference. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go hang out at a bar and there are beings all around us, but we don't just sit there and say, Hey, what's your name? 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 Shake everybody's hand in the bar. We're just sort of hanging out. We talk to those who we know or feel attracted to in conversation kind of thing. But what happens for me once I board the craft or wherever it is I'm How at with, do you board the craft? You're just I don't, there? I'm just there. Okay. I have in the past found myself walking into a rock, about a four-foot rock, which turned into an elevator that raised me up into a craft. But when I'm in these experiences, I don't really – fall in so much so that I'm constantly there in a ship and beyond that Mm -hmm. as far as what it is I truly desire when these things begin to happen. When I'm in the ship or the the said experience, I'm like, whoa, all right, Keith, this is happening. This is sort of my inner dialogue. Right. And I get my wits about me. Kind of pinching yourself type of thing. (laughs) Yeah, just, just, and actually just trying to become more and more lucid. Whoa, Mm -hmm. look around things that people looking at me because I just turned on like a dimmer switch in your house. Just turned on and Keith's here or, hey, somebody else just showed up kind of thing and I get my wits about me. And though there are people dialoguing and hanging out in this whatever so-called living room of theirs, I automatically go to another level. It's not something I send myself. I don't send myself to another level. I want to go to another level. I actually go to another level by allowing and I submerse myself in the experience that I'm in. I take it all in, I bring it all in, I make it an awareness of mine, and then I just simply lift or loft to another place. And that other place, in this place, there's not so much individuality there. It's more of a wholeness. Is it comfortable? There are very much individuals there, but everything is beginning to melt and come together in this gradation of color and unity. And although there, and even though there is murmuring going on from people talking and TVs, whatever they're using for entertainment that makes this room experience for them and me as well alive as to why we're gathering there in such a way is through all the sounds, if I want to key in on a particular person, sort of like what we would do here when we can't, when we can't really hear someone talking, we kind of lean to them and squint, say, huh? Mm-hmm. We use that gesture to lean into. Well, I do that somewhat psychically or awareness-wise. When I hear a conversation happening across the room, I just lean into it, and I, I can hear it as if they're standing right next to me. So when I go to these levels, seeing and hearing takes on a new experience altogether. Is this comfortable? How does it Very feel? Natural. It does. Like I've done it forever. And I'm just remembering that I've always done it forever. And now that I'm doing it, and now that I'm doing it, I'm going to do it forever. We're all doing this. It's called life on earth. <laughs> this is just a did, dream. Did you, when you saw these, again, I'll call them people. I have no idea what to call them. But um, did you know them? Were they familiar to you? Or were they, even though you're comfortable with them, were they um, new to you? 
That is the first time anyone has ever asked me that amazing question. And it is a <laughs> question. I hope I didn't put you on the spot. I, I, <laughs> I truly don't know how to answer that. So let me answer that without going into meditation mode about thinking about an answer. My answer is yes and no. It sounds vague, I know, but that's the only one I can give that's the most accurate. I remember the experiences that is the relationship. I don't necessarily know that I remember Commander Quiet or the seven-year old little being or this or Enoch when I had an experience with biblical Enoch many years ago. I don't know if it's like, oh, I remember you, guy. It's nice to meet. It's nice to see you again. Now, mind you, once I establish a connection like Commander Quiet, if I see him again, then it's like, hey, how you doing? And if we do this for 20 years, and of course, the answer becomes, it's like a friend of mine I've always known. But in a cosmic sense, I remember the, the goings on of these kinds of experiences. But I don't per se know them like I'd know my friend John Doe from 10 years ago. No. Mm-hmm. It's a different, not a different recognition. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. What does, so, so it looks like a living room in there. Is there any equipment? Is there any, you know, spacecrafty looking in there? Some of the ships that I've been on look very spaceship like, and Mm -hmm. I on purpose separate the term aliens from extraterrestrials. I don't like the word. Tell me the difference then between those two. Well, to me, aliens are beings that are nasty. They're aliens. They're no. foreign. They want to yeah. invade. You foreign yeah. you. You're alien. You're an illegal alien. You shouldn't be here. This kind yeah. of a mentality and attitude. Mm-hmm. And so calling for me, everyone has their thing, their flavor. But for me, calling higher level extraterrestrials aliens is sort of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I want to find the right word. It's sort of an insult. It's uh, degrading. Mm-hmm. It's almost racist because we should appreciate their level of consciousness. But um, aliens to me have what we call the the spaceship that looks like hardware, that looks like sort of the craft that you might see in the movie Alien. (laughs) Just that futuristic hard steel, rounded steel, green tone to the film kind of craft. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I want to stop there and take a quick break. And um, when we come back with Keith, we're going to let's go into how you met uh, Nucleus 8. Okay, and we'll be (laughs) right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. One thing's for certain. Life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. 
visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, we're back with Keith Anthony Blanchard, and we are talking about his experience with ETs. And, um, and we're going to go into his individual um, friendship, really, you'd call it, with Nucleus 8. But um, I want to start with what is one of your most memorable experiences with these? Can I call them people? Can I, should I call them others, spirits? I don't know what to call them. I don't, I don't either. Okay. <laughs> yeah, what's up, dude? Chick. Yeah. <laughs> but I just call them extraterrestrials or celestials. Depends yeah. on who I'm hanging out with. If they're more of a vibratory nature that's really, really high, then it'd be more like angelic or divine energies like those God men I spoke about in the last interview. Mm-hmm. But um, the others, I just call, I often use the word others as well. Right. <clears throat> others is, is good, but it's, Still uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I kind of agree with you, actually. Yeah. I do agree with you, actually. Yeah, we'll call them ETs. We'll just go there. <laughs> we'll go there. Because the word extras in it. They're extra. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what's your most memorable experience? <clears throat> My most memorable, memorable experience would have to be with Nucleus 8. But we're going to separate that from how I want to answer your question. Because, okay. because of Nucleus 8 experience was here on Earth. So I want to keep it in the extraterrestrial dimension. Mm-hmm. Many years ago, many years ago, uh, I'm aboard a craft. This was a craft somewhere in the universe. And it was about the size of um, a large living room times two. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and as I'm getting my awareness groove about me, peripherally, I can see I didn't turn directly to the being next to me. But I knew it was a spirit guide, a guide of some sort, not necessarily one of my spirit guides on a daily basis, but it was a guide of some sort. And I knew he was there. He was kind, very strong, strong backbone. He, he was solid. Keith, here we go. And out of the door on the right came this being about five foot seven, <clears throat> excuse me, about five foot seven, dressed in earth tones. Everything was earth tones. It seemed very androgynous, this being. Mm-hmm. Um, it had what appeared to be dreadlocks. If that is what it was, I don't know. That's the what comes to me. It was dreadlock type hair. And it also sort of looked like the being in the movie Predator. Now, this could all be concoctions in my brain, my mind, to try to, fi- to, try to find images that support the energy I'm experiencing. In mm-hmm. other words, my mind says, well, this is sort of what he thinks this would look like. And I get it. But to me, in the experience, it looked like the being on the movie Predator without the crab mouth. 
I didn't watch the movie, so. Well, there you go. <laughs> I <laughs> so crazy without this horrific, <laughs> grotesque-looking mouth feature that will, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it looked very foreign to me. Right. And, so your in mind this, is In this case, it's applicable. At- it looked very alien. Right. So your mind is looking for images to attach to what you're seeing. For this is what we all do every day of our life. Right. For every day, everywhere, we're all trying to make, quote, make sense right. of what we're experiencing. But when we develop our senses to experience to greater capacities, then the truth simply is able to land into your consciousness versus trying to find the images to paint onto the screen so we can have some sort of understanding. Right. And this some reference point. Or a blue, say blue, the gown was white, but it had blue pastel flowers on it. Mm-hmm. it sort of like a nightgown, but it wasn't a nightgown. It was a ceremonial garb. Mm-hmm. And this being had power, serious power. You can right. feel it. And then uh, did the other beings respond to? There were no other beings. It was myself, the guide next to me, and the one being that came out of the door on the right. Oh, okay. Then something says, "Look to the left," and I look to the left, and out of that door Mm -hmm. comes another being, same exact being, same height, same dress, same garb, same appearance, but the difference was the level of power. The power was cranked to the hilt. Hmm. The being said to me, I am Enoch. And I said, Enoch, he says, you know who I am, implying biblical Enoch. Mm-hmm. The guide next to me put a thought into my consciousness. Keith, you are having this fortunate experience because all of the hard work that you have been doing, basically, good boy. Mm-hmm. Here's a moment of initiation for you. This, and this is the first time this has ever happened to me. This is why that total recall happened when I was 33 years old. That was it. That was the awakening of all the work I have done throughout the earlier stages of my life to that present vantage point. And that is about the time that Enoch actually appeared to me. Okay. Staying I have to stop the work you there. Done. Yes. I, I'm not that familiar with the Bible. So, um, who is Enoch in the Bible? Enoch was a man of God who became so divinely illumined, he was taken up into heaven. Oh, okay. Okay. Some people would argue that, that mm-hmm. it's, it's allegory. And, well, it, it literally says he was taken into heaven. Right, right. So, okay, good. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> and um, my experience of having, having – my, my opportunity to have that experience – was a diploma, so to speak, mm-hmm. initiation to saying, okay, because of the past work that you've allowed us to do on you, uh, it was a co-op deal, a shake hands deal. You benefit, we benefit, mm-hmm. the all benefits. Um, here's a plaque you can put on your wall kind of thing. But do that you was know, most memorable, memorable. Do you know the work that they did do on you? It's just raised the vibration. That's that's another phenomenal question. I would assume it's, I would say, yes, I do. Because it's happened to me three times. One, with Captain Quiet, Commander Quiet, when he passed his arms through my body. Mm -hmm. Actually, it happened to me four times. The first time any such thing has ever happened when Safiya Sai Baba, God man who lived on earth, God on earth, 
mm-hmm. threw a ball of light at me from the distance, a bullet of light. And when it hit me, I exploded into a sobbing mess of bliss and I fell on the ground. He began to wave his hands through me and that bliss began to increase as if what I was feeling wasn't enough already, as mm-hmm. if it was not the in- infinite of things. It began to simply expand. Cap- uh, Commander Quiet was another. Um, one of my experiences with Nucleus 8, when I got a, an implant upgrade, um, a fairy by the name of Halo on this ship waved her arms through my body. And to, she said, I'm doing this, Keith, to remove negativity from, from around your aura. Hmm. Hmm? Do, do you feel vibration or? Anything? You feel a hand moving through your body. <laughs> well, I can't you imagine do. what but that feels it's, like. It's, it's light. It, you yeah. feel the movement. You feel the density of the hand. You feel the density of the hand is because you feel the lightness of your body. Wow. Because you have to be light enough for at least them to be able to move through your body. And so they have to have some density in them in them to have a hand to mm-hmm. move through your body. If not, it would just be all light mixing and mingling and moving around right. together. So you can this, this, actually perceive that hand moving absolutely. through your body. Yeah. 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 So and to answer your question, I would think that the way much energy is exchanged for anyone, at least it is, was, is, was, and probably will be for me, is a movement of hands through beings. Hands represent the ability to take, but also the ability to give. And so it's called Shaktipat. That's why you see spiritual holy men, they hold up their hands like this. It's because mm-hmm. they're not just saying, hello, how you doing? Yeah. They're truly through this image, this picture you might see on the wall, mm-hmm. a holy temple somewhere or whatever, is there through this image are truly sending living energy out of their being through the hand. In other words, okay, now, since we're on radio, I'm, I have to say, Keith is holding his hand up yes. as if it's a wave, but not moving it. Correct. And when he's talking about the image, he's, he's putting his hand on his palm. All right. Basically, so, they are opening up their hand. Mm-hmm. And at the palm is where this Shakti pot, which is, it is called um, the transference of energy from a master to student. Mm-hmm. But this is sort of the way they do it. I mean, you know, the Lord, the, if you are an alien, you're using technology, hardware. If you're an illumined being, extraterrestrial, you are the technology. They are the technology. The transference happens on a level beyond hardware technology. And this is how I am fortunate enough to have these experiences that I have throughout my life with extraterrestrials. Now, when you left that experience that time um were you different when you came back to your regular life which has to be kind of dull after that (laughs) but when you came back were you different no yes no (laughs) yes of course when it goes down it's like wow Mm -hmm. the state of consciousness the next day or in the experience and you still have that, wow, mm-hmm. this, this really happened. This was my first experience I've ever had. I'm not sure, but I know something happened. That'll linger with you forever. But it's like lifting weights. You don't go to a gym and lift weights for the first day and go look in the mirror and see how much you, you are buffed. So when mm-hmm. you come back, you're not really changed. 
But after a couple of years, five years, 10 years, 15, 20 years, in hindsight, you go, I am so not the same human being I was. Mm-hmm. So you can, then you can see the gradation of change from where you are all the way back to its starting point. But as it's happening, it's sort of like life. It's exactly like life. You know, right. we live life. We don't really know where we are in the game. We know we're just moving down this timeline until the timeline is done. And then in one final panoramic linear backwards sweep, we see the whole of our life to where we are. Mm-hmm. Same idea. And the growth and movement of it. Yeah, exactly. Now, did you bring the guide, the spiritual guide you were assigned, who was assigned to you? I assume that's what it was. When you came back, did that spiritual guide come back with you or was it only in that situation? He was, he was a first-timer. He was just there to do what he – maybe he was the um, management. I don't know what mm-hmm. right word. The associate the, of the ship. Maybe he handled such – what's the word I'm looking for? Public events. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> he was the, the event PR coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> the PR person welcoming you to the craft. Yeah, right. right. And then um, – so tell me about Nucleus 8. And oh who he is and how you met and everything about him. For your listening audience, I will listening audience. Hello, all you sexy, beautiful souls. Everything I have shared with you thus far, it seems far out. I hear you. Well, that's really not the truth. It's far in. And the farther you go inside of yourself, the greater capacity of experience and consciousness of all that is from where you are now, this single point to that which opens up into the grandness of infinity. So in infinity, all things are possible. What I said earlier, what I shared earlier, this is where it gets wild. Are you ready for a wild I thought the rest was kind of (laughs) wild, but I'm ready. (laughs) Many years ago, I was attending a metaphysical spiritual church. We do it every other Sunday. On one particular day, a friend of mine by the name of Laura, goofy girl she is, sister energy, sort of like mm-hmm. that alien girl, alien, excuse me, extraterrestrial from the Pleiades back, a sister energy. We poke at each other like brothers and sisters would do. Mm-hmm. So she's standing in the line about 30 feet away, 40 whatever feet away from me in the front of line by the door because she got there early, I'm assuming. And I'm in the back and we see each other at a distance and we do that. Hello at a distance wave. Hey, girl, what's going on? Hey, kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so um, we did the wave and Laura says, gives me one of these, I'm walking your way. I'm walking towards you kind of gestures. Mm-hmm. Laura comes over to me. Hey, Keith, how you doing? Good to see you. Da, 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 da. So what's up? Keith, do you want to meet an alien being? These are her words. Do you want to meet an alien being? And I was like, this is Laura being goofy. Mm-hmm. And something said, Something's different here. I said, sure. She gave me that follow me finger. (laughs) And I proceeded to follow her. Now, at this point, Barb, I did not know if a little green man was going to jump from behind the corner of the building and say, Nanu, Nanu, take me to your (laughs) beer, live long and prosper. I had no idea. So I had no (laughs) expectation. But she brought me to the backside of a five foot one woman. Mm-hmm. And so I'm literally a body dist- uh three feet from this backside of this person facing the other way. 
And she says, Keith, meet Nucleus 8. Nucleus 8, meet Keith Blanchard. And when this little five-foot woman turned around, it was not a five-foot woman at all. The voice that came out <laughs> was strong, strong like bull, powerful, very, very male, lots of ego, if there's such, thing, such a thing, in a balanced way. It commanded your attention, presence. Mm-hmm. Superimposed over this woman, I didn't see it spiritually nor physically, but I saw it on a level I don't understand what seeing is. A seven-foot gray human hybrid, six digits on each hand and foot. So the first thing he said to me was, what do you want from me? I'm like, what the f- <laughs> What a question to ask someone you just met. (laughs) I I didn't know what to say. I was was befuddled. I was confused. Yeah. Not only met, blew you away immediately. Yeah, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The the energy that came off was boisterous. It was bold. And I didn't know what to say when he said, what do you want from me? I was like, "Uh," he goes, you want some help with that? And I said, sure. He (laughs) says, you want data. It didn't say information. You want to go have a beer, need some pizza. It said, you want data. And he starts laughing. And that was his way of breaking the ice with me by making this cute little whatever, Uh freaking me out kind of thing. He had come found me on an astral level as to why he knew I was okay to hang out with him. He Mm -hmm. checked me out, scanned me, whatever, analyzed. And... There's just so much to tell. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to go. I was thinking we only have about 10 minutes. So pick it. Wow. Pick, yeah. Pick the right so spot. So I began to <laughs> hang out with Nucleus 8 for a while. Mm-hmm. Befriended him. <clears throat> then he started doing things to me. I wasn't sure what to believe or make about all this. So one night. That seemed ominous just saying that. You began yeah, to right. do things to me. And yeah, right. <laughs> maybe as a woman, it's like one oh. night as we were hanging out at my girlfriend's house, Nucleus 8, it through the body of Margie. This is not channeling. This is not my name is Ra of the Ashtar Command. I'm here with you on Earth, dear ones. That's not what this is. Right. This is a person who has an extraterrestrial superimposed over her and moves her around as if it's his body. Mm-hmm. No joke. So, so when ET is actually using a human's body to communicate and to be with you, basically. Yes. And she's gone somewhere else. So yeah. she married a psychologist, which many, many, many years ago, when she was a, when she was a young girl, she was abused. So later in her life, she wanted to go get some counseling. So she went to the one that Nucleus 8 calls counselor. And begin to go under light hypnosis. This is not airy, fairy, dreamy stuff. He wanted to find out where her trauma in her childhood was, what it was. So as a counselor, he can help her. Mm -hmm. And he puts Margie, star one, others call her, under light hypnosis on his table. And the first thing that happens is a fairy by the name of Perithnia steps up and says, if you think you're going to come in here and monkey with her mind like people of her past, I am going to stop you myself. Session after session after session after session, shamans would come in, other uh, angelic beings would come in, uh, then Nucleus finally came in. Mm -hmm. They were together so long, they got married. So it's really Dr. Rex Hare, 
anyone, you can find this story on the internet in a free book. Look up Dr. Rex Hare, H-A-I-R-E. The book is Aliens, Extraterrestrials, Fairies, and Indians. It's a free download. 15 years he've experienced Nucleus 8. So one day, Nucleus through Margie, and it was Margie when they walked in the door. Nucleus wasn't in the room yet. And Dr. Rex Hare, we're hanging out. <clears throat> so we went to the room because I wanted Dr. Rex Hare to put me in a slight regression mm-hmm. to see if there was any unresolved issues for myself. Right. So at the end of the session, he goes, Keith, everything looks pretty good. You satisfied? I said, yes, I am. All right, Keith, I'm going to bring you out. Three, two, and in my ear, he Hey, Keith, what's happening? And it's Nucleus 8. <laughs> <laughs> he says, what's going on? I said, what's going on, bro? He goes, keep your eyes closed. You remember that journey I promised you? I said, yes. He said, you ready? I said, yes. He says, give me your hand. I give him my hand. And he begins to pull on my arm through this and a tug like I am for those who are not able to see. I'm tugging on my shirt mm-hmm. and my consciousness is leaving my body through his tug. And I get out about however many feet, 10 feet, and he lets go. And I slam back into my body and he says, what's the matter? I said, dude, I'm trying to figure out what to do or not to do to make this happen. He goes, that's your problem right there. Just let go. And he does it again. And I find myself aboard his ship, his planetary mother station ship. He also has a cop car kind of ship because he and his team literally roam the galaxy policing it. He is head of security for this quadrant of the Milky Way galaxy. Mm. That's this quite, is, we need a part two. Job. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to so say. He yeah. pulls me out and I walk into the ship. And the first thing I say to myself is, Where are all the chairs? Out of the walls come all these chairs. And when I'm done with the thought, the chairs go back into the wall. They conserve energy on every level. Present day, he is 4,740 plus years old. They have the technology. That before you die, they can rejuvenate you to live half that lifespan, which could have been 5,000 years. So now you never have another 2,500 years. Before you die, they can rejuvenate you again to live half that, provided your head's not cut off. There's no fix for that. (laughs) But the stories I have with Nucleus 8 are just hard for people to grasp, but they have happened. Give me one quick story. One quick story, I get a phone call. Uh, Nucleus calls me up and says, hey, Keith, what's going on? I said, well, um, I have some implants that I made. Everyone in the group, we used to have a meditation group after the church service every other week. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the group has an implant, but you, they're smaller than your eye can see. I make them myself and I have one left. Do you want it? I said, convince me. He said, <laughs> all right. If you're in trouble, we can help you. If you're lost, we can find you. And if you're sick, we can administer medicine. And he named a few extra perks. I said, I was to draw back. He says, your life is no longer private. No one will have access to your file but myself. He has awareness on six dimensions simultaneously. No one will have access to your file. I will only go into it myself knowing that on some level you are prompting me because you need my help. And he said, that's it. I said, let's do it. He said, by the next time you and I speak over the phone or face-to-face, this will be implanted in your body. I go to the casino that night, late night, playing seven sets, get home about 4.30, mm-hmm. and I'm dog tired. And I come to a state of full-blown consciousness because my kidney, my right kidney region is hurting. It's excruciating pain. I look over my shoulder to see who's doing this. 
And it's the equivalent of we would see as an 80-year-old woman, but she had to be 7,000 years old. This lady extraterrestrial is walking me towards nucleus eight who's sitting on what we would call a lawn chair type of furniture. Mm -hmm. And I'm vomiting. I mean, it's so painful. And I look back at her and she's going, basically, silly boy, you went into this on some level thinking this would be painful. And you made yourself right. Congratulations. But this pain was still continuing. And as she brings me upon Nucleus 8, I begin to vomit on his feet in this experience. Oh, geez. You're, a, you're a nice guest. Right? right? <laughs> and I'm awakened out of this experience because my phone is ringing in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Hello? Hey, buddy, what are you doing? I said, dude, I just had an experience or a dream with you. He said, Keith, you didn't dream. I said, yes, I did, man. Don't tell me. He says, Keith, you are not dreaming. I said, dude, are you really sure about this? He says, the vomit all over my feet tells me so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he wasn't too happy. <laughs> <laughs> and my experience with him lasted for about four and a half years. And then I rekindled that friendship, which is the dialogue I sent you 14 years later. Coincidentally, when I started my Inception Radio Network platform, the first interview I did was with Dr. Rex Hare. After 14 years of not speaking with Nucleus, Dr. Rex Hare, the wife of Mar- uh, that thing. Mm-hmm. And the next day he contacted me after 14 years. Wow. Talk about alignment. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm thinking chips. <laughs> That's what I thought. But um, we are coming to a close. And I wanted to ask, is there a message for humanity? How about Stop that? jacking around. <laughs> Stop jacking around. Love yourself. You can't love anything at all until you love yourself. You, don't, you simply won't have the capacity. Mm. What seems to be coming in the outside world looks horrible. From an egoic, ignorant, unconscious perspective, it's horrible. Mm. Doesn't mean any of us have to like it. But when we come from a spiritual, conscious aware space. It takes on a new form. It looks different. It looks like a beautiful unfoldment that we simply allow to happen like a flower. This is a second. This is the minute. This is the hour. The same door that will get you to heaven is the same door that will drag you down into hell. It's just a door. And the universe loves us all so much. When we traverse the threshold, the doorkeeper says, yes, you can have it. What is it you want? Now is the time. If you don't want complaining, gripe, drama, these kinds of things, you have to take a good inner look at yourself. Well, Keith, I'm not the one doing this. These people, you are missing the point. You need to take an inner good look at yourself to realize the point of it all is you. You are the point to everything. There is no other point. Be aware, take it all in, give it a good spin, win the game, finish the game. That's a lot to handle. but it, That's um, sort of the message they impart. I want to make sure that people know where to get hold of you, and please share about your radio station as well. You can find me at KeithAnthonyBlanchard at gmail.com. You can find me at KeithAnthonyBlanchard.com, which is my website, or CenterOfLightRadio.com, same website. You can find my works, which I do almost every night, 
mm-hmm. for free, unless I do a seminar, at uh, youtube.com slash center of light radio. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Keith, letter A, Blanchard. Send me an inbox. Be in touch with me. I love human beings. I love people. And thank you for this. And you love time. ETs. <laughs> you can Thanks find so all much. of my books on my website, my bestseller, and on Amazon, Homecoming, Crossing the Bridge to the Soul. So thank you, Barbara. I really enjoy my time with you. Thanks so much, Keith. Again, yeah. we should have had more time, but thanks so much. I really appreciate it. We have more time in the future. <laughs> Good. <laughs> thanks. Blessings, dear. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.